I think it's good to look at the progress over time and not look at it as a day-to-day thing as much. If you've had a good day, that means you're you're going to have another good day. But just because you had a bad day doesn't mean that you should never take your cat out again. Because there were several times that I thought, what am I doing? Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Welcome to Season 6 of the Cat Explorer Podcast. I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. We've got some really exciting episodes for you this season, and we're kicking off with the wonderful Michelle and Bodie. You may know them from Bodie the Adventure Cat on Instagram. What you hear today is actually the second interview we did with Michelle. The first time we had a few audio issues, so we had to record again, and we're so grateful that Michelle made the time to chat with us again. We'd like to thank the amazing members of the Cat Explorer Purse Squad and the Cat Explorer Producers. Their support makes sure that Cat Explorer can continue to create the free resources to help you give your cat the world. We'd like to say a huge thank you to our co-producers for Season 6 of the Cat Explorer podcast. That's Roxy the Kitty, Ziggy and Charlie, Luna Misty Blue, and Xavier and Jasper. To join these amazing Cat Explorers as producers or to become a member of the Purse Squad, go to catexplorer.co forward slash support. Today's review comes from the lovely Ariel and Tid. Absolutely love this podcast. I follow them on Instagram, which is what made me want to listen in the first place, and I don't regret hitting play on the first episode. They are the reason why my cat and I are training to go hiking together. All the tips and tricks I've learned through this amazing podcast has really helped me get my cat outside. Highly recommend this podcast to anyone with a cat or planning to have a cat. Even if you're not going to be bringing them outside, there's so much to learn. And P.S. Check them out on Instagram. They are so much fun to follow. Thank you, Cat Explorer community, for helping me get closer to my kitty. Proof of how much this podcast has helped me. Check out my Instagram. I post my cat's progress on there all the time. That's at at arielpocorny613. Wow, Ariel and Tid, that's such a lovely review. And I'm so glad that we've been able to inspire you to go hiking with your cat. If you've been enjoying the Cat Explorer podcast, it would mean the world to us if you could leave a review for us. Um, wherever you listen. We've also got some instructions on how you can do that on the episode descriptions. So just click the cover up for this podcast and you'll find the link there. Thank you. Today's guest is known for cat exploring through the Canadian Rockies and seeing beautiful places and landscapes with her cat Bodie. But her cat exploring journey actually started a while ago with her other cat, Bugaboo. We're so excited to chat to Michelle about both Bugaboo and Bodie, the cat exploring they do and what she has learned from them. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Let's go right to the beginning. How did your cat exploring journey start? I actually wanted a dog. Um, I was working in the avalanche industry and I wanted to teach, I wanted to get a dog and teach him avalanche rescue. And so I was planning it ahead. And when that year came, when I was planning to get a dog, I realized that my lifestyle didn't warrant a dog. So I ended up getting a cat. I looked around for quite a few months and then I found this little tabby fluffy cat and we started out off on a three and a half month road trip and he was my buddy for every adventure that I did and now Bodie's doing the same. So that original cat you're talking about is Bugaboo correct? That's that's Bugaboo yes. So can you tell us a little bit about Bugaboo in terms of his personality and what he was like? Bugaboo was a very confident cat I'm sure that camping and his lifestyle and everything I did with him right from when he was seven and a half weeks old made a, a huge difference in that because uh, Bodie was almost four months when I got him and Bodie was a little bit skittish. Um, with dogs, Bodie was very confident. I'm uh, sorry, Bugaboo was very confident and everything he did, and even dogs would look at him funny, even mean dogs would look at him funny and not want to mess with him. Whereas Bodhi, he's, he's kind of terrified of dogs. And he, because he's not as confident, he has some fear towards them. So he hisses and he growls and, and that. But he's getting 
he's getting better. So it's been a lot more challenging with Bodhi. I find that Bugaboo and Bodhi have both been kind of trained the same way to walk on a leash and to do all these adventures. Um, it's just that Bodhi has required more more time because <laughs> he didn't make eye contact with me for the first few months. So it was a little challenging to to get his attention and and also because I got him at a later age, our bond was slower to develop, which I think I used to think with Bugaboo, you know, with trust and respect and love, you can do anything. But I felt when I started with Bodhi, we didn't really have any of that. And it took a really long time to develop. And now, you know, over a year later, it's really all of a sudden starting to all come together at once. And it's just incredible. <laughs> well, that's amazing to hear. And it sounds like with Bugaboo, it was such a special cat. And he sort of had so much to teach and offer that it, you've now been able to use that to teach Bodhi. Can you circle back for us to tell us the origins of how you got Bodhi? I was uh, camping in Vegas and I had put my name out to a bunch of breeders and I had forgot to send my little love letter to the breeder about about Bugaboo and I hadn't, I'd kind of brushed her off just because it said her cats were indoor cats only. And I, I sent this letter back and I said, you know, um, would this breach your contract? <laughs> because he's not going to be an indoor cat only. And so she told me about Bodie and said that I could come see him anytime, a 16 and a half week old Maine Coon cat. And the next day we started driving straight back to Canada for over 24 hours later, we went and saw Bodie. He actually took to the harness right away. I put the harness on him and it was like, oh, well, I guess we're ready to go then. <laughs> and then we jumped in the camper and off we went back home. Wow, so he's such a natural fit as well to the harness. That's great. He's super curious. He's very curious and very outgoing. And I did think he had a thought he had a nervous system problem for the longest time because he he was very, very scared. And he would get he would be super curious, his ears would be all perked up and forward, and he'd be listening and looking and really excitedly happy. But his whole body would just shake and tremble. So every time I took him out, he started to get better. And his his fear got less and less. But his curiosity never waned. He was always super, he's always super keen to get out there. So you mentioned how he was very skittish and, you know, taking him out helped to improve his confidence. And you said also that he didn't look at you. There's all these sort of traits that you were struggling to, in the beginning, didn't have that sort of connection and bond like you did with Bugaboo. How did you sort of overcome those issues? Strictly from a training perspective, I started, first I started taking Bodhi outside on the deck, and then he started running around the house. She was super excited to run around the house. And the first thing I taught him is keywords. So I find keywords are really important for teaching him how to come. And teaching him how to come is, in my mind, key for taking your cat outside on a on a harness and getting him to go where you want so the easy way of course is food motivated so calling him letting him know his name by calling him before you feed him and before you give him treats that's kind of an easier way to to get him to start coming but also, there's play. Play can be there's food motivation, and there's also love. So, with with or sorry, food, love, and play. So with the play, I would teach him keywords, like 
oh, there's a birdie, there's a birdie. And things like there's a birdie and I teach them birdie and squirrel and mices, uh, doggies, anything that sparks his interest. If there's something that he's, that I know that he's interested in outside and I see it out in the window, it's perfect opportunity. So timing is really good too. Um, for calling him to have the right timing. So it's like, Oh, Bodie, there's a birdie. It's a squirrel. Hey, go outside. So I teach him all these key words and he would come. And then of course, when he came, then I would give him lots of praise and everything. And, you know, with Bugaboo, Bugaboo, we, we really connected right away. And I found that he would just come because he loved me. And that was really hard with Bodie for the first year. So I had to rely on just strictly training for the first quite a while. And then once we got outside, we started going on on just neighborhood walks along the sidewalks, and which are great training areas, just because there's so many distractions. What I've learned with, with Bugaboo is that survival is the biggest issue with cats. They want to survive. They need to be in control of everything. They are in control of their life, and they want to know everything that's going on around them and all the hazards around them and all the noises and all the smells and all the things they see are really uh, important to them. So by taking them down the sidewalk, that really exposes them to all those things at once, and it can be very overwhelming. However, sometimes I would train and take you know, two hours to go around the block, for example. And you start out, I, I use a retractable leash just so they can't go backwards. And I would call him. And it's important, you know, to get down right low, low to the ground where they can see you, where he can see you. And wiggling the fingers is also another big key for him because there was no eye contact. With Bugaboo, I used a lot of eye contact. He didn't look at me. So I, I used my fingers. And, of course, you know, the wiggling <laughs> was, would really attract him. So using good positive calling him and giving him positive encouragement when, when he starts coming my direction. And I would just keep doing that the whole way around the block. So it's pretty interesting that you mentioned that. I think that's a good point in terms of forming that connection with your cat so that you can confidently go out and explore. It's an important part of it. Like we talk about the mechanics a lot in terms of going and taking a leash and a harness, but also for this to be very, very successful and go really well is to have that connection with your cat so they trust you and that they understand that you're their protector and that you're looking out for them and that you're trying to show them, you know, the great parts of life, you know, to go out and smell things, see birds, see squirrels and, and give them that enrichment. If they trust you, then they're more likely to follow your commands and do what you want them to do. And they'll have a great time and you will be more confident. And I suppose you feel safer about the whole experience because you know, you can call them back when you need to, or, you know that how they'll behave and respond. So that trust and connection is so important. It's probably a part that somewhat doesn't get recognized as well as the mechanics of putting a harness on or putting a leash, but it's also, you know, having that special bond with your cat. I have to say it was very, very challenging for a whole year. I just felt like I didn't get any reward out of it. <laughs> and I just kept doing the same thing, thinking you know, I put all this time in, it's going to come, it's going to come someday, it's going to come. And so I started after I, I did the tri the sidewalk training, then I thought, okay, I got to hit, hit the most important hard parts of the training when he's still young. So one of those things is big training for open spaces, you know, cats and open spaces is like, oh my God, 
there's like this way and that way and this sound and that sound over there and that dog way over in that trail across the creek. And so I spent quite a bit of time training him along the creek side, which is a huge open space. My cat Bugaboo never wanted to walk there. And uh, <laughs> I always respected his, his not wanting to walk. But then I never trained him for that either. So Bugaboo taught me a lot. And he also taught me that, um, that well, I mean, I should, I guess I should, could try it with Bodie and see how it goes. That's a good point. With Lumos and Noxiatu cats, they're very fearful of the open spaces as well. And that, you know, you get them out into open spaces. And I think this is probably a point for a lot of cats that, because it's so open, they've got nowhere to hide. They have so many sounds coming in from all these different directions. It is something that cats normally don't love. And so that's, you know, interesting that you are training them in open space. And I think it's a good thing. And we'd, and we're sort of doing, trying, trying to do some of the same to get them a bit more used, used to these open spaces because yeah, it's not always easy to find closed off spaces or spaces where there's less people and so forth to especially when you go around like you just never know what sort of spaces you end up in and open spaces is one of them so uh, well done for training training them in that sort of area he's still in training believe it or not i mean he's getting better all the time uh but it's it's a challenge i just keep doing it and he he gets better all the time with with more exposure and he starts to recognize that oh that thing over there is a person and Oh, that kind of moves like a dog and he's getting a lot better at that. And also just t me taking him out to, to different areas. Like I, I'll take him on a really popular, easy hike well, be, where there'll be tons of people. And that's amazing training. It may take forever to get anywhere, but it's really good training and, it's, and it definitely helps. After that, I started taking him on forested trails and I, I couldn't believe how good he was. All of a sudden, he was running ahead in front of me. I thought, oh, my God, he's finally moving. <laughs> he's, he's running up the trails. He's leading me. This is great. So I was doing that for a few months. And then, unfortunately, it's in a wildlife corridor. There's lots of cougars and coyotes around. And I think we were actually stalked by a cougar. Things were getting worse and worse progressively. He started, I'm not sure if it was just because he was so young, he didn't recognize the different smells and the nature of how bad they could be, but he started really cluing into animal smells after a while. And eventually he, the, the trail that he ran up and down, he wouldn't even walk down. So I've, I've actually stopped going there altogether just because there's like there's a resident cougar that lives somewhere around there and I just don't want to be there. <laughs> with that's, him. A, that's a smart move. <clears throat> yeah. And the smells. Bugamoo showed me that I mean he would walk through pretty much everything except for certain wild animal smells. So he really taught me. So on the topic of training uh on the topic of hikes, you've actually got an ingenious way of training Bodie to follow you on a hike. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Other than the normal coming when called and repetition, repetition, there's a few little things that I've found. Like with wild animals, he can really get into this fear mode. So there's either the predator mode or the prey mode. And the prey mode is a very scary mode. And if I can get him into predator mode, then all of a sudden everything's great. So one of the ways I do that is that I discovered was by dragging a string, it gets him into that predator mode and out of that prey mode. It doesn't work all the time, but I do pull it out sometimes and it works amazing sometimes. Uh, other things you can, you know, carry a feather with you beside you and wave it around things like when I first started it's important 
for cats because they want to be in control of everything 360 degrees around them. So if you can just give them 180 degrees where they need to be able to take care of <laughs> or watch over, then it, it makes it a lot easier for them. So walking along a fence or anything that, that obstructs their vision 180 degrees or a building or a house or anything really can can help move things along. So we've noticed that as well. So when we take our cats, Lumos and Noxie, to go walking outside in the, in the sidewalk near our apartment, they like to walk along the fence line as well just so that they can sort of get a better view of things and not have to look at all sides. So now we can definitely relate to that. I find it's, I'm always adapting things, my training to how he is doing. And I think that's kind of important just to be very aware of how your cat is doing and what he's maybe scared of or is responding to things like that. For sure. Because like, like many people, you know, we don't always feel in the best of moods and sometimes we don't feel like going out or whatever and the the cat's just the same. So we'll have days where we take Loomis and Noxie out for a walk but Noxie will be outside for a couple of minutes and she usually loves walking and she usually loves sniffing the bushes and sitting in the bushes but sometimes she gets out there for a few minutes and then sort of sniffs a few bushes and then in a huff of you know anger or disappointment or whatever it is, maybe she smelt a dog, she'll say, I'm done, I'm out of here. I'm not really keen on this walk today because there's a, there's been a dog that's come through and that's, that's the personality and you know, we roll with that. So, and that's the end of it. And that's, that's all. And next time she probably will stay out there for an hour on end. Meanwhile, Hassar is just sitting there with on her phone waiting for Noxie to be done. <laughs> so I want to cycle, poor use of words, but I want to cycle to another topic in terms of what you do cat exploring with Bodhi, which is, funnily enough, cycling. So do you mind us taking taking us through the places that you've gone cycling with him? I started out with just the basic basket on my mountain, well, my town mountain bike, and just going around town. That progressed to a bigger basket on my cross bike. And we went on a two-day bike packing trip just up from town here to a, on a gravel road. That was actually quite bumpy for Bodie, and he did really amazingly well. He absolutely loves camping. Camping is his favorite, favorite thing ever. So I had to make this, this big, put this really big basket in the front of the bike. Unfortunately, when you get a big basket like that, there's a lot of uh, rolling side to side. It's really, really hard to steer. The first time I did it, I thought, oh, no, I, I had biked downtown with my new setup. And I thought, oh, geez, I hope people are going to think I'm drunk or something. I'm driving all over. I can't even steer this thing straight. So I had to go straight to the bike store and, and get like an inner tube and wrap it around the front fork and my and my uh, frame of my bike just to to give it a little bit more stability. And then what I ended up doing, I get it ended up putting in a steering damper, so it's just a spring that goes from the fork to the frame, and that really helps it control. From that trip, it progressed on to doing one of the classic bike trips of the Canadian Rockies biking from from Jasper to Canmore. That was a three-day trip. We did about 100 kilometers, a little over 100 kilometers every day. And Bodie just, he loved the camping. Biking, he just kind of sleeps. He's like, oh, yeah, well, this is my mode of transportation to the camping. I'm just going to sleep. So <laughs> Bugaboo had actually done that trip as well uh, many years ago on a mountain bike. So that's about that's about it for our our biking adventures. 
so far other than this little town rides and that. That's so that's so cool. I love that um Bodhi's so good at like a hundred kilometers a day. That's that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I um it's interesting that you mentioned that you had to um modify the bike not just by putting the basket on but to fix make sure that you had the um ability to steer it as well because that's something that I suppose a lot of people would forget about is that you're adding this extra weight to the front of your bike but you also need to think about the impact of how you would ride the bike and keep balance and things like that that's quite important yeah I think with a normal basket a normal size basket on the front of the bike I think that there's it's not too bad but when you start putting a really rectangular long basket over the front wheel it gets really hard to steer and actually the guy at the bike shop that I got the steering damper for he's like I don't want to sell you this I'm like well (laughs) it's for sale so (laughs) (laughs) he's like you can't use it like that (laughs) I don't think that's safe it's like "Ah, it'll work (laughs) but I had to make a few adjustments and improvisations to it but it it worked Mm. So I think one thing a lot of uh, concerns a lot of people in the cat explorer community have about biking is how do you make sure your cat doesn't jump out? Do you have to train Bodhi in any way to feel comfortable to stay in the in the basket without jumping out while you're like, because I imagine you're going at pretty high speeds while you're um, cycling on those 100K days. Yeah, I have a cord, like a, a thin climbing cord that I use as his leash. And I have an attachment point right on my handlebar that I can kind of take a bite of rope through and then wrap it around uh, my hand, my brake hood. And that way it, it holds him on or him in just in case for some reason he wants to jump out or something or something comes along and scares him. Who knows what happens, but... I always keep that on just for safety. But if for some reason he does jump out, I don't want him jumping out and getting caught in the in the wheel or anything, right? So that's why I have it I have the pressure on my hand on the hood so I can basically let go and if he jumps out then then he's just off on his leash going off by himself. So that's that kind of keeps him safe. But it's very challenging. <laughs> I can only imagine. I I would not even like begin to think about how we would do it without to. And I'm okay cycling. Like I can ride a bike. But to think about the dyna- dynamics and physics of having a cat in there as well and how they would react and so forth, especially without to, I would. I'm not even going to go near that one. <laughs> similarly skiing so i can ski but again i'm not great sk- skier <laughs> hasara cannot ski and i cannot even fathom to think about how you would ski with a cat so bodhi does do skiing can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got bodhi to learn how to ski well one of the first things i did when I started taking Bodhi out because I don't have a cat backpack is uh, I got him to load up onto my shoulders. So that is his safe spot is wrapped around my shoulders. And when I go out with a pack on, it's usually fully loaded with all sorts of mountain gear and clothes and all sorts of things. So he sits right on my shoulders kind of between that and the top of my pack. So that's his, that's his riding position also. He's very stable. He loves going down. <laughs> the other day when I went out with him and we were skiing down, he walked up pretty much the whole way himself. And on the way down, he, well, that's when I lost the, his hat and I had to go back. <laughs> Anyways, he was really cold because it was really windy and it was blowing snow and all the snow was snowballing in his hair and he he ended up getting wet so I put his two jackets on and he was still shaking and so I I took him and I stuffed him in my pack with just his head 
poking out to keep him warm. And I was on my skinny skis. So I've, I've ski toured as well with him, but on the skinny skis, it's harder because you're basically going downhill in skinny skis. <laughs> and so I was going down this steep little section of hill with him in my pack. And I mean, I'm a pretty good skier, but I was, I was like, Oh, this is kind of scary. Like if I fall backwards right now, I'm going to squish them. So I can see how parents with kids get extra cautious when they do things. Cause I was so cautious all of a sudden I couldn't ski. I was like trying to be forward just in case, you know, I, I fell backwards. And when I, when I got to the bottom of that hill, I'm Bodie, I could feel Bodie's warmth on my back and I could tell that he was warmed up. So I'm like, okay, time for you to load up again <laughs> and sit on my shoulders because at least if I fall when he's sitting on my shoulders, he has the option to jump off and it's not a hazard to him. Whereas that was a real hazard. So you have to definitely be a good skier because there's a lot of things that could could go wrong for sure. It's so interesting you say that. I think for every activity we do, we need to think about our abilities as well not just our cats. So like, for example, I know a lot of people go on stand-up paddleboards. I cannot go on a stand-up paddleboard by myself, let alone take my cats on it. So that's something that we would never do just because it's not our, something that we can do. But we love going hiking. So well, we, we, I mean, I love going hiking. So that's something that I feel comfortable taking my cats on because that's something I can do. So I think we also, while we would love to take our cats on every single activity, we also need to think about what we can do. So you're a good skier. So you're comfortable taking your cat skiing. So that's a really good point. I did start paddleboarding with him this year as well. And I'd never paddleboarded before, <laughs> but he did really well. He did fell off once though. <laughs> I think the point that we made before resonates here in that it's that connection and that trust that you have with your cat that goes a long way towards making these sort of activities a success so it seems like Bodie has a low trust in you and is comfortable to sit on your shoulders that way and allow you to go skiing knowing that you know you'll look after him and that he's got you know his complete faith in you and your abilities to ski so that trust element of it really shines through there yeah for sure because uh, one day I I had taken him out in this area and also on my skinny skis and it wasn't track set and it was very challenging going down and I was super it was early season two and I was kind of all over the place and I'm like oh this was a really bad idea I should have took my fat skis <laughs> to make it easier and Bodie could feel my 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 lack of skill or whatever and he was just like uh I'm gonna walk thanks <laughs> so so he actually like that day he was just like yeah I'm all into running in front of you because you're too sketchy <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned startup paddleboarding and Bodie's also pretty good at well he's somewhat involved in water sports and again I've got to be very jealous and very impressed so it was actually the first time we actually came across a video of Bodie which was that he was swimming so how did Bodie start swimming? And did you have to do any sort of training to get him to swim? No, I think, you know, I think all cats can can swim. A funny story, my I saw my dad a while ago and he he said, oh, do you remember, ever remember taking that black cat that you had for swimming? I was like, uh, no, well, maybe. <laughs> but anyways, Bugaboo used to swim as well. I started Bodie off on a little boogie board and he was just enjoying himself out in the water he was out looking the opposite direction of the the beach he was looking at the ducks and having a great time and I thought oh I wish I had my camera I should just run back and get it so I kind of snuck away and when I when I came back he he basically I don't know if he jumped in or fell in but <laughs> <laughs> that that was the recording that 
that I caught on video was him swimming then. So I just grabbed my camera. I'm like, oh, okay. So it kind of started with a, a boogie board and then we started paddle boarding. We did, we ended up doing this really long paddle board. It was, I think it was over 20 kilometers around this lake one day. And when we got partway across, it started, the wind picked up and there started to get really big waves and it was really hard. The waves started coming over the paddleboard and Bodie started getting wet. So I actually had to stick him on my shoulders and, and it was also too windy for me to stand up. So here I was kneeling on my paddleboard with Bodie wrapped around my, my shoulders. And I mean, he did, he just did amazing. We, we totally got through it, but it's amazing how they can adapt to things. Well, I'll say, because if I was in that position, I would be a little bit scared myself to go, oh, the wind's picked up. It's, it's getting a bit sketchy out here and, you know, struggling, probably struggling a little bit with the whole situation. Mind you, I get seasick very easily. So even that, on calm water, you can't even on calm water, water. So I can't swim very well. So that probably has a lot to do with it, but <laughs> yeah, you guys did amazing to be able to navigate that and especially with Bodhi and getting splashes on him and so forth. So, well, that's pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> He's going to appreciate it when it gets, he does appreciate it when it gets really hot out for sure, especially in the springtime because he's got so much fur and I'm kind of worried about him when we go to the desert this spring. Might be kind of hot. <laughs> so we've gone through and covered all the amazing things that Bodhi's done, but we've also recently been made aware that you've gone on a holiday recently and when you came back, there was a bit of a transition period where Bodhi took some time to get his cat exploring legs back. So how's that going? And have you had to do anything different in terms of how you've approached cat exploring to transition back? When I left Bodie for a month, it was kind of a last minute trip. And I found this couple to look after him. I had left kind of an extensive list of things that needed to be done, like picking him up. I had been really trying to socialize him at that time by picking him up lots during the day and you know he he had his outside regime going and so I didn't want him just to be inside all the time so he I wanted him to go out on the deck and to go to the pet store once a week and all these things and they didn't do anything with him and the only thing that they did was play this string game with him and it it, I think it made him really aggressive. And he, when I came home, I could barely pick him up. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe he just needs to get out of the house and, and go back to doing what he loves. And I'll take him to this, this place, this trail that I found just before we left that he loved. So I took him to this trail and at first he started out, it was great. He was super keen. He was so happy. You know, his tail, every time he passed me, his tail went shooting up in the air and he was going, you know, and then he goes further past me. And, and then all of a sudden he starts getting more hesitant and I was spending more time convincing him to come. And then it was just like, okay, he needs to go on my shoulders. So I stuck him on my shoulders. He started getting really upset and he started growling and and hissing, sitting on my shoulders. And to the point that he had fear aggression. It was so strong. And he would he was looking at me on my shoulders. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my eyeball. Like, this is really scary. And just as I was thinking that, you know, he got really upset. And he jumps down. And he just, like, rolls onto his back. And with his ears straight back, and he starts hissing and growling, and oh, what am, what's going on here? <clears throat> well, I I learned recently that there's a bobcat in the area, and I'm pretty sure he smelt that bobcat. I'm pretty sure that was 
that's what was going on. So anyways, I felt like he hates me. Like he thinks I'm feeding him to the animals or something. <laughs> and I thought, how am I going to get past this? Like, it's really, really extreme. So I started, first of all, I started very, I, I, I'm like, okay, he doesn't trust me, <laughs> all of these things. I had to start just by very simple touch. And just when I pet him, I started just, just barely, barely touching him and not for very long. And just like, and he, he really started responding to that. And what I started doing, I thought, okay, well, where am I going to take him where there's guaranteed no wild animals? That's like nowhere around here. So I'm like, okay, I just need to start re-socializing him because he's been stuck in the house for a month. So car rides, town rides, taking them to stores, doing very short, very touristy, no wild animal areas. And those were key. That was the biggest, the biggest thing. And just, you know, very light touch and, and finding the balance between trying to keep him well socialized by me, trying to keep picking him up all the time and, and respecting his not wanting to be picked up. It was kind of like a balance. It's like, okay, what do I do today? <laughs> so I was always trying to like balance, okay, not doing too much or or too little. I wanted to keep the socialization going, but I didn't want to do too much. So it was just finding that, that balance. And I think that was, that was the biggest thing is, is the, the predators and, and just the resocialization. But, but just, just even the car rides, he, he really didn't like car rides. It's only been fairly recently where he's okay with car rides. And what I've realized is it wasn't the car ride that he's scared of because he gets in the camper. He's totally fine in the camper, but the car rides are like, where are we going? What adventure are we going on now? And he'd be fine where, you know, where he knew we were going. But as soon as we got out of that boundary, all of a sudden he would start meowing and getting excited and, and kind of like, oh, he really doesn't like car rides. But no, it's just the excitement of the adventure. Because on the way home, he would be always fine. It was just on the way there, he would get super excited. So it sounds like what you had to do again was just sort of build his trust and confidence back up and sort of get him to sort of go back into the routine. And because he's been away for, for like a, for a month. So he's been out of that routine. And so... You just have to build him back into that routine, slowly work on the, the confidence side of things and the trust and get him used to those car rides again and getting used to those the idea of going out, going exploring and having some adventures. And that's the reality. Like not every day is gonna be amazing. Not every day is great. Like you will have those great days like you know, you had earlier that we spoke about, but at the same time you have those days which don't go so well. And some of it may just be triggered by the fact there is a predator in the area and unfortunately that sort of curtails that ex- uh, adventure for you guys and yeah that triggers them but that's the realities of cat exploring i'd say yeah i think it's really important to keep them kind of stimulated with all of these things that they need to adapt to and constantly bringing them in places that they have to use their senses and just, I think car rides are great because they get to be in the safety of the car, but yet see everything and hear everything at the same time. So I think that's a really good place to start. And that's where we started. <laughs> when we, when I came back, I was like, okay, I'm just going to take them downtown. <laughs> so Michelle, we're heading towards the end of the podcast. And before we let you go, we want to go through our final four questions that we go through with every guest. So the first one is, what is one piece of advice you'd give to new cat explorers? I think it's good to look at the progress over time and not look at it as a day-to-day thing as much. If you've had a good day, that means you're going to have another good day. 
But just because you had a bad day doesn't mean that you should never take your cat out again. Because there were several times that I thought, what am I doing? Like, seriously, this is going to take me, like, you know, if it takes me two hours to get around the block <laughs> for months on end, am I really But The key is not to give up. And also, you have to think about what energy you're giving your cat as well. And that's, that's really important because if you're scared, if you're, if you see a dog and you think, oh no, I see a dog. Oh, that's really scary. Your cat's going to pick up on that. So you have to be confident and you have to think, okay, my cat can do this. My cat will do this someday. You have to be confident that, and give them confidence and give them encouragement. Because the times that I've spent the time with Bodhi, making him get, allowing him to get through a section, at the end of the day, it's almost like he he's so happy and so excited. And I think it just, it gives him that extra bit of confidence. And I think that's really important for them is to feel like, oh, they got through it, you know, and giving them lots of praise and positive encouragement is is really important. So what's been the most entertaining comment someone has said to you while you've been out and about with Bodhi or Bugaboo? A while ago, there was a guy, he saw us downtown, and he said, your cat doesn't like to walk, does he? And I thought, well, you see those two peaks behind you there? He's actually walked up both of them. <laughs> and I think the funny thing is, is people are so, they, they relate cats to dogs. They, they think, they look at a cat and they think of a dog. And cats are not dogs. And so they think that they should walk like dogs and act like dogs and this and that. And they don't realize that cats have to, they're self-preserving. They have to get through certain things. And, you know, the big truck that drove behind you that's really loud that you didn't notice. Well, my cat noticed that. <laughs> so you really have to think that, think like a cat. And there's, I think things are changing now, but it's still challenging at times when people think that they should be running around like dogs. <laughs> And also the classic one, oh, my cat, he just, he just rolls over. It's like, well, Bugaboo, Bugaboo, that's what Bugaboo did when I first got Bugaboo. He was just like rolled over and being like, what, what is this thing? <laughs> you going to make me walk with this? Yeah, I think that's a really popular one. So which cat explorers inspire you? There's so many. The reality is, is that all of the outdoor kitties out there that are out doing all kinds of adventures are very inspiring to me. And it's very exciting to see. So I know um, Betty with the Adv Adventures of Mike and Lily, their new little kitty. She's like super keener. There's a whole bunch of them here. Uh, McFab Cat, Theoretical Teddy. My name is Cypress, Wolf the Cat Adventure, Whisk and Ham, Roxy the Kitty, Gob and Beppus, Saba, Tooth, Tiger Kitten. Oh, I could just go on and on. There's there's so many that that inspire me. And I love seeing the pictures from all over the world. It's amazing seeing it's it's super awesome to see photos of cats exploring all over the world. It's super fun. <laughs> 100% agree with you there. So final question, what product, service, or program has been a game changer for Bodhi or Bugaboo? I think just the socialization, getting him out there, doing things with him. Like, for example, I wanted to go skating one day, and I thought, okay, I'm going to bring my cat. I got my skates, but now what? And I decided, okay, I'll throw this little plastic toboggan in last minute so I can, with a few blankets. And then he can just, I was thinking I'll, I'll just stick him in the toboggan with a few blankets. He, I can leave him in the lake and skate around him. 
Well, I realized that he was really light. He just walked into the toboggan after wandering around himself. And he just sat right down and lied down. And then I started pulling him on the toboggan. And I thought, oh, this is great. I can pull him. So here I am pulling him around pretty, pretty fast, skating around the lake. And I lost my train of thought now. What was I, what was my point? I think just, um, socialization, I think it is <laughs> socialization. Uh, yeah. So just, yeah, just adapting to bringing your cat, I guess is, is the biggest thing. If you can bring your cat and, and find a way to do it and give him some, some fun time that enriches his life and he also gets more confident from just doing different things and seeing and smelling and hearing different things and that. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a blast. Where can we find you and Bodhi online? Bodhi underscore the adventure cat. I also have a Facebook page, adventure cats training, sorry, adventure cat training and exploring. And I started a YouTube channel. I might change the name of it, but so far it's called Adventure Cat Training. And I haven't quite, I've put up a couple clips there, but my goal is to start making videos. So hopefully you'll see some videos on there soon. Excellent. So we'll put those links in our show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. We would love to know what you think of today's episode, so it'd be amazing if you could take a screenshot of your phone or take a photo or video of what you're doing, share it to your socials, tag Cat Explorer at catexplorer.community and Bodie and Michelle at Bodie underscore the adventure cat and let us know what you think. That's it for today. Until next time, enjoy giving your kitty the world.